The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. But when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful weather and this... um, beautiful verse that you've placed today for us to learn from. Um, We pray that we can learn how to bear witness to you better and um, that we glean a lot from today's message. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to Grace City this morning. If, if, If you're new, this is your first time, my name is Randall and I'm one of the pastors here at Grace City. And uh, we've been going through this series in the book of John uh, from the start. Uh, and now we're in John 15, and we're wrapping up John 15, and so we're wrapping up this series called Abide. And uh, w- what it means to abide is to rest in, to uh, take a refuge in uh, a, a certain place. And, and Jesus says that as believers, we are called to abide in Him. And so we've been talking about the, the past month, what it looks like to abide in Jesus. Um, so... Our text today is John 15, and, and we're in uh, just a short little verses, wrapping up the chapter 26 and 27, uh, and here's our message, a close friend, a close friend. What, what we're going to talk about today is this idea that as you abide in Jesus, as it even talks about in Romans chapter 8, it says you, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, that you develop a close friendship with God. Now, some of us, we think, well, is that even possible that I could develop a close friendship with God? But what Jesus is telling us today is, yes, it's true. You you will be able to develop a close relationship with God as you abide in Jesus. And so let me ask you some questions. What do you do when you're stressed, anxious, don't know where to go. I've been going through the book of Psalms this past year. And in the book of Psalms, David, King David, gives us a glimpse of what he did in those moments. And in Psalm 63, verses 6 through 8, here's what it says. He says, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. What's going on here? David is in distress, he's in danger. In this psalm, David was in the wilderness of Judah. His son Absalom came to overthrow his kingdom. His life and his kingdom were in jeopardy. And in this disheartening moment, which he seeks God and says to him, you are my help. When you're in distress, when you're in danger, where do you go? Most of us would say we would go to our closest friends, the people that we trust the most. 
And what we find from this verse is that David, his own family member, his own son is about to overthrow his kingdom. And so where does David run? The one he's been running to since he was a little shepherd boy. God. See, he abided in God to the place where he says, God, you're the one that's my help. When he was in distress. And so when you're in danger, when you're anxious, when you're stressed, where do you run? In 2014, a TLC put out this TV show called Risking It All. And it was about three families that were going off the grid. I don't know if you've heard of this idea, going off the grid, but it's, it's basically like disconnecting from the world so that no one can get in contact with you, except for TLC, making a TV show. And they were, all of these families, all three of them were trying to find something that they were missing. Because one family, they, they felt like their relationship was falling apart, so they need to go off the grid. They can find themselves, they can find their relationship. Uh, There's another family that said, we're just too connected to technology, and so we just need to get off the grid. And that's where they ran. They said, okay, we're in danger like from technology, so we got to run and just completely disconnect. Um, and so th- there, there was just all of these situations with these families that were going on, and they said, we, we got to just run away from the world. And, and here's the thing. The show only lasted one season. It didn't last. Right? And so all of the solutions that they came up with, it got canceled. And the only solution that we find from the life of David and that Jesus is going to tell us in today's text is this, that you and I can't find the solution apart from God. And so how do we develop a close relationship with God? We run to Him. And we learn what it's like to have a relationship where we say, God, you're my helper. You're my strength. You're everything that I need when I'm going through the challenges of life. Now, previous to John 15... 26 through 27, which are the scriptures we're going through today. Jesus warns his disciples of the danger they would face very soon. We talked about this these past few weeks. That their lives would be threatened. And Jesus tells them, you will not survive without the helper. You won't survive. And so who's the helper Jesus is talking about in this text? Well, the word used for helper is the word parakletos which means aid, advocate, the one who comes alongside. And Jesus is specifically talking about a a person, one, one person out of the Trinity of God, the Holy Spirit. And so from the Bible, who is the Holy Spirit? I don't have time to go into all of that today. And uh, I actually did a talk on the Holy Spirit in February. So if you've got that new app, You can go back on the podcast and listen to it. But I'm just going to give a little refresher real quick to encourage you in in, in who the Holy Spirit is. And so the first thing about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is not a nebulous force like Star Wars. The force is out there, 
right? Not that. The Holy Spirit is a person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in today's text, you're going to see all three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit of the Trinity of God. So we worship one God in three persons. The Holy Spirit is one of those persons. And so we find out that the Spirit is personal and has emotions. So when we're talking about Christianity and being in a relationship, again, this isn't religion, this isn't all these things, this is a relationship with God, here's what it says about the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4.30 tells us that, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit loves, Romans 15.30 says, now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks in our lives. Hebrews 3, 7 through 8 says this, Therefore, just as the Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. I don't have time to go into all this today, but how does the Holy Spirit speak through this? Through God's Word. So through the troubles of life, it's going to be the helper, the Holy Spirit, that will draw you closer to God. That's going to draw you in. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like today. So our text is John 15, 26 through 27. And the question is this. What do we need to understand about the helper when we face the troubles that we'll face in life? It's threefold. So I'm going to give you all three up front. Here's what it is. The helper is help from the outside. Help that stirs us. And help that sends us. Help from the outside, help that stirs us, help that sends us. So the first point is help from the outside. Look at verse 26. Here's what it says. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. Jesus says, when the helper comes, whom I will send. Here's what we need to understand. The help we all need is not innately inside of us, but comes into our lives because of Jesus. It's not inside out, it's outside in. We need help from the outside. Now this contrasts with, with what most of us hear in modern culture. See, the world tells us that the power we all need in our lives is not from the outside, but it's already in us. All you've got to do is just take enough gift tests and discover what's inside of you, and then it's just going to come out, whatever it is that you need in your life. But what the Bible tells us is that we all need to turn to God, not unlock what's inside And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll have the love, the peace, and the generosity that we need. See, it's not what's inside. The message of Christianity is what's outside of us that we don't have. God coming into our lives. Help from the outside. You know, one of the, the areas where I am not proficient in 
and I'm confessing this, is working on cars. As much as I've tried to mask it over the years and say, you know, I can, I mean, I can change a tire and do basic things like that, but like, I can't work on a car. And it, it's hard for me because my dad, he's like a genius when it comes to fixing cars. I mean, when he was a teenager, he, he was fixing cars. He just knew how to do it. He's an airplane mechanic. He fixes things that are very high uh, levels of fixing things. <laughs> I'm not cut out of the same cloth. And that, that's hard for me. And so over the years, my dad, he's a car collector, and he'll, he'll just he'll be like, here, take this car, or take this car. I'm like, thanks, Dad. And I've had some of the lamest cars. It's okay, because it worked, right? It's like it got me where I needed to be. But what happens is when you're a car collector and you, I start collecting cars from my dad is that my dad knows how to fix things. I don't. And so they're not brand new cars. And over the years, as... Um, the car would break down. My dad wasn't living with me any longer, right? So I'm a grown man. Can't figure out how to fix it. Got to pay X amount of dollars or call my dad. So what I would do is I, and I would just kind of like put a seed, like plant a seed. You know what my dad? Like, hey, dad, um, car broke down. And uh, here's what's going on with the car. And I, I just kind of give him a little explanation. He's like, okay. So he does like his little research and all that stuff. He calls me like 20 times. Try this, try this, try this, try this. And I'm like, dad, this is, this is like, a, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Next day, my dad's on a plane coming over, <laughs> comes, fix the car, stays 24 hours, flies out the next day. He can do that because he works for the airlines. But that, that's how <laughs> incapable I am at fixing my car. My dad had to fly cross country. He had to fly. Now it's like one flight. I don't know. He's in Arizona. So it's like not very far. But what I'm saying is I couldn't do it. And I had to phone in uh, some help. And... What this text is telling us is Jesus says, okay, you need a helper that's going to come from the outside. You can't do it. Because that's the gospel message. See, it starts with the bad news. You can't do it. And so Jesus says, I I'm going to send some help from the outside that's going to come into your life and do what you can't do. And that's hard for us, isn't it? It's hard for us to, to believe that, okay, I need, a, I need a helper. I need an advocate. I need someone to come alongside. But the gospel message starts with the bad news. And it's that you and I can't do it. And so we need God to come from the outside into our lives. So secondly, here's the thing. So we got to understand that first and and then what happens is, secondly, it's the helper stirs us. 
He stirs us. He stirs up some things inside of us that's going to help us. And so verse 26, it says, The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Spirit of truth. God comes into our lives and he starts to speak truth. We start to discover things about ourselves that we didn't know. And part of that is that we are more sinful than we ever dared believe. <laughs> when God comes in and he starts working, he starts stirring some things, the truth starts being exposed in our lives. I thought I was a better person than that. I thought I was a good person. But what happens is as the Spirit stirs us, He shows us the truth. So that's one side of it. But then the other side is this. He shows us that in Christ, as we dwell in Him, as we know Him, that we're sons and daughters of God. When God comes into your life. There is a truth. And here's how you'll know it. It says, he will bear witness about me. How do you know the helper is working in your life? There will be a stirring in your life that leads you more and more to Jesus. Because as you find, okay, I, I can't do it. I'm incapable of this. What you're going to find is you're going to run to Jesus. Jesus, I, is, I can't do this. You're the only one who can. See, he will bear witness about me. Do you want to know the message that the Holy Spirit preaches in your life and my life? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. That's the message. See, when was the last time your affections were stirred for Jesus? When you read the Bible, do you see Jesus? There's an older pastor who once said, you can be all about doctrine and experience and miss Jesus. You can be all about those things and miss Jesus. See, many of you have heard me quote the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis often. And there's a reason. You're like, why is this guy quoting kids' books? But there's a reason. The, the, the Narnia series is fantasy that points us to Jesus. And when there are moments and difficulties in my life that I think, okay, how, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to navigate this? This is what I do. Sometimes I'll just put on Narnia. Now watch it. Or I'll read through some of it. Because it helps me to think of this isn't it. Like all the things that I see, like this isn't it. There, there's actually a real battle going on. There's things happening all around me. And God is with us. And in The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe, uh, the Christ figure Aslan says this. He says, I am in your world, said Aslan. But there I have another name. 
You must learn to know me by that name. This was the very reason why you were brought to Narnia. That by knowing me here for a little, you may know me better there. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When you understand the gospel, the message of Jesus, and the spirit of God is working in your life, you'll start to see Jesus everywhere. You'll see him everywhere. And your affections for Jesus will be stirred. See, it's the Holy Spirit that stirs our affections for Jesus. J.I. Packer says the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the spotlight ministry on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so that's what the Spirit does in our lives. He stirs us towards Jesus, so much so that Jesus says, he will bear witness about me. So, What's going to happen is you're going to draw closer with Jesus. Lastly, the helper is help that sends us. So verse 27. And so Jesus is talking with his disciples and he says, And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now, Jesus talks about something that will naturally happen in your life and my life. Because the Holy Spirit's working, the, the, the helper is working. He says that when God is working in your life, it's not a forced thing to tell others about Jesus. But it becomes second nature. Because you're a witness. You're a witness. Now, what's a witness? Someone who's experienced something and has the ability to share it with others. That's what a witness does. They, they say, well, this is what happened, and I'm going to share it. Now, uh, my two older kids, Kai and Elle, have had their first real friend. They were old enough to have their first real friend. I remember when Kai had his first real friend. We were still living in uh, Georgia at the time. His friend's name uh, was Jason. And Jason, I heard about Jason all the time. Jason is his buddy. They love Ninjago. They, they just wanted to talk about everything that they did and angry birds, angry birds all the time. So Kai had stories about Jason. My daughter Elle had her friend named Georgia, who she met here in San Diego, like right down the street. And, uh, she would talk about Georgia all the time. Georgia this, Georgia that. She would share. And here's the thing. I didn't have to prompt them to talk about their first friends. I didn't have to prompt them to tell, tell me stories about what they were experiencing together. They both did it naturally. Here's what happens. When you grow in your relationship with God, He's no longer a distant God out in the universe somewhere. He becomes a close friend. And when he is a close friend, it doesn't have to be a forced thing to talk about your friend. It'll become natural. Because when you have a first friend, a true friend, somebody that is that close to you in your life, 
It just comes out. See, the only way that you can do this is when the Spirit's working. And the Spirit enables us to become close friends with God and also to share it with the world. You see, this isn't meant to be kept to ourselves. It's meant to be told to others. I remember one time a, a friend said, you know, we, we look at the Bible and we read it. And you ever have those moments where you just, you're just reading the Bible and then you say, that really didn't speak to me today. Hmm. You know, so you just, that really didn't speak to me today. And, and then you go and you talk to maybe a friend who's struggling. You say, oh, you know, I was just reading something about that today and, and I wanted to share it with you. Here's what the Bible said about this. Sometimes when you come to the Word of God, it wasn't just for you. It was for somebody else. It was meant to be shared. Right? So much of our world right now, we think it's all about us. We're just wrapped up in ourselves. But the way that the Helper works in our lives and we grow in this close friendship with God is that it's not just meant to be for us, it's meant to be for others. And that's how God works. And one of our values as a church is we are a church that is on mission. And so kind of like Bellis talked about earlier, we're not just a church within these walls, we are the church outside of here. We're a church that's sent to the world to go share about Jesus. And so just some takeaways today um, that can help us to think about, like, what does it look like right now for me, my life, as I think of Jesus as a close friend? So let me ask you this question. First one is this. Where do you run when things get tough? Creepy. <laughs> Lights. All right. So where, where do you run when things get tough? Many of us run. First, to our accomplish, accompli, accomplishments and what we can do, right? Aren't we always the ones who are like the best problem solvers in our lives? So I, I got this figured out. Here's what we're going to do. Here's my plan. Where do you run when things get tough? I would encourage you to run to Christ. See, many times we say, well, here's what I've done. Here's what I can do. Or we come to God and we say, God, here's why I deserve this. God, why aren't you accomplishing the, the plan, which is really my plan? God, you knew about the plan, right? See, through our anxious moments in life, God intends for us to run to Him. And in our good times and successful times in life, He intends for us to run to Him. Do you know how dangerous success is without God? Oh, it's deadly. It's deadly. And so 
We need him in every moment in life. See, what God intends for us is to run to the accomplishments of Jesus rather than to what we can do in our own accomplishments. See, that's the gospel message. You no longer have to run to yourself or what you can do. You run to him. You cling to him, like David says. Eugene Peterson once said, Our lives are not puzzles to be figured out. Rather, we come to God who knows us and reveals to us the truth of our lives. The fundamental mistake is to begin with ourselves and not God. God is the center from which all life develops. Who do you run to? That's the first question. Second is, are you seeking to grow closer to Jesus? Are you seeking to grow closer to Jesus? Um, one of the things about the work of the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit calls us into obedience, to obeying God. Like you, you can't do it apart from Him or you'll just be prideful or you'll feel crushed because you couldn't do it. But when you obey God, like God calls you into an obedience and that's going to happen through you seeking and growing closer to Jesus. And, and I want to read this from Philippians 3, 8 through 11. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Here's what he says. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, does he have to say that? No, but he sought that. Do you get what I'm saying here? Like this is, this is where Paul's heart was. And for many of us, me included, I say, that's somebody who loves Jesus. God, help me to get to a place where all I want to know is Jesus Christ my Lord. The power of his right, who he is, what he's done. He says, that I may share his sufferings. That's a close friendship. That's a relationship. Are you seeking to grow closer to Jesus? We might not be at that point. But is there something in us that's pushing us and saying, man, I, I want to grow closer to him? This is the last question. Who was the last person you told about him? About him. 
See, if there's no one that we've told about our relationship with Jesus, I would question whether we're really friends with him. (laughs) Because like I said, it, it wasn't this forced thing where my kids had to come up to me and tell me about their friends. And when you're in relationship with Jesus, when there is a friendship with Jesus, you can't help but telling others about him. It's not forced. It's living a filled life because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the helper. And so, here's a picture of the gospel. It's Memorial Day weekend, and my grandmother's brother was the first caught the first prisoner of war in World War II. And he captured this prisoner and he kept him alive. Years later, this prisoner of war came and found Uncle David and said, you could have killed me, but you let me live. And today, I have a family He became this successful business person in Japan. He gave him a life. He said, you gave me my life. You could have took it that day. And what happened was these two enemies became friends. They built a close friendship until Uncle David passed away. Do you realize that the Bible says that we are enemies of God? But that Jesus said, a friend will lay down his life and give the ultimate sacrifice. And so Jesus went even further and said, I will sacrifice myself. See, he could have took us out. He could have destroyed us. He could have took our life, but instead, he said, I will give my life. I'll give my life for you. And so how is it possible that I can say that we can have a close friendship with God? It's because Jesus himself on the cross was left utterly alone. On the cross, Jesus lost his closeness with the Father so that anyone who believes in him could have closeness with God. God loved us so much that he gave us himself. God wasn't lonely in the universe so he could create man. No, he created us out of great love and joy so that we could share, so that he could share his love with us. A love that has lasted for all eternity 
And no matter what you face in life, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, you will have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's why. It's all about Jesus. Are you abiding in him? Are you being transformed by him? Do you know that you have the greatest friend that you could ever have in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Father God, I I pray that you will help us to understand what this looks like. And uh, Holy Spirit, I know that you're working. You're moving. You're stirring right now our hearts. And so God, I, I pray that we respond. We respond. We obey. We trust you. We move because of what you've done. This life is not about us. It's all about you. Help us to see it. Holy Spirit, reveal it to us and teach us more what that looks like for our own lives and how we can share that with the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.